It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Orlando Magic come through with a big win against the New York Knicks. How Paolo and Franz stepped up to deliver for the Magic. A win that we will hopefully uh, be very thankful for come April. Let's be thankful for the final episode of 2023 of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Done Magic today is December 30th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, how Paolo and Franz came through for the Orlando Magic when the team needed them most, and how it's really been a continuation of the trust that's been built over time. Plus, we'll talk about the power of continuity and what Goga Patadze brought back to the starting lineup. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Don't forget the Orlando Magic are out on the road next week. Big four-game West Coast road trip. And if you want to catch Every play of the Orlando Magic season from the home broadcast with Jay Chapman. You can find it on the SiriusXM app, the Magic Take on the Phoenix Suns, Sunday night at 8 o'clock, the last game of 2023, our first episode of 2024. Um, you can catch that game, as all you can, all every Magic game, on the SiriusXM app to search for Magic on the SX, search for Orlando Magic on the SXM app. We knew this was a big game. Like, like we knew it. Um, and we certainly can feel and sense that the team is um, in the playoff hunt and the Knicks are one of the one of the teams that uh, they're fighting with, that they're going to be fighting uh, for playoff positioning with and, and, you know, being tested by. We know 
that this is going to be a big game. The Magic are heading out west. They needed a win before they went out west um, because it's a tough road trip. Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento, Denver. Not going to be easy. Not going to be easy stuff out west. Um, the Magic needed a win in the worst way. They needed some confidence in the worst way. But at the end of the day, what we're really talking about, what we're really trying to get at with this season, is growth, is progress, is to be able to measure and say this team is here, started here. And ended up over here. And if you're watching on YouTube, you saw me go from one side of the screen to the other. If you're listening, I, I went from one side of the screen to the other. We we're started at this space where the team was inexperienced, didn't really know what they were doing, and moving and growing into a space where they know what they're doing. They know how to finish games. They know how to win. And look, we you'd be silly not to expect some hiccups along the way. You'd be silly not to think, okay, it's going to be smooth sailing. It's going to be a straight shot to a championship. That's not how this works. There are fits and starts. There are resets. There are do-overs. The team does have to get better and, and learn and grow in these important ways. And so... Where we sit today, where we sit with what the Magic are doing and, and, and where we sit with how we move forward is seeing how this team grows. And look, the Magic haven't played a lot of close games lately. But one thing is becoming clear. They're learning how to win these tight contests. They are learning how to win. And that's ultimately what matters. Just look at what the Magic did in the fourth quarter of this game. Magic built as much as a 20-point lead. They dominated the second quarter. Just a raucous energy, defense. The Magic played Magic basketball. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and why here in a minute. But it, in the fourth quarter, things got tight. That 20-point deficit got down to 10. Jalen Brunson started, started suddenly looking like the all-star that he is and will be. Got downhill, got to the basket, got to the foul line. Julius Randle was just a load for the Magic. Paolo couldn't really do much with them. Goga Batadze couldn't do much with them. It was a tough going. RJ Barrett got some shots to go down. The Magic had to grind this one out. And yet, they kept, you know, the wheel wasn't spinning fully. Obviously, it got down to a five-point game, but the Magic ultimately went to what they believe in. At the end of games, you really learn who a team is. At the end of games, you learn what a team trusts, what a team believes in, what a team wants. And the Magic saw what that team was. They saw who that team was. And they saw this team become something. I don't know what, but they saw this team slowly grow up. And look, the end of game situations, it starts with your stars. And this, the end of this game, with all the injuries the Magic are facing, Wendell Carter was a late scratch, Jonathan Isaac out, you know, Joe Ingles out, Gary Harris out. With all the, Marco Fultz still out, obviously. With all the injuries this team was facing, they turned to their stars. They turned to 21-year-old Paolo and 22-year-old Franz, 21-year-old Paolo Bancaro, 22-year-old Franz Wagner, and asked these players to lead them. And I don't think we should take for granted that they they answered the bell, that they answered that call, and that they continue to answer the call. Throughout much of the latter stages of the fourth quarter, 
It was Paolo and Franz running pick and rolls to create the matchups they wanted and directing and organizing this team. And not just directing and organizing. And, and yeah, I, I, I say there were a few too many possessions where the Magic went into clock-killing mode. There are too, a few too many possessions where the Magic over-dribbled and, and made mistakes on that end. That, that definitely happened. But the Magic also made some critical plays. Some critically unselfish plays, too, which you don't expect star players to do. You don't expect young players to do, especially. Paolo Bancaro made two of these great assists. Uh, with about three minutes to play, he found Goga Batadze for a dump-down dunk that made it an eight-point game. With about a minute to play, he found Jalen Suggs in the short corner for a mid-range jumper that made it a six-point game. In the end, Franz Wagner at 32 points, carrying the match through the early part of the fourth quarter. Paolo Bancaro had 29 with, not, with 10 rebounds and four assists. All-star stuff. The Magic had two all-star performances in this game. You know, New York had 38 from Julius Randle and ended up with 20 from Jalen Brunson, but the Magic had two all-star performances in this game. And Orlando rolled. They rolled past New York. They they, they played their Magic basketball. They made some critical stops down the stretch with, you know, Goga Batadze making a block. Uh, Jalen Suggs had a huge block as well. So it wasn't just the offensive end that worked, but the Magic made these plays. They made these winning plays. And ultimately, that's the growth that this team wants to see. Again, the goal has always been to be better at the end of the season than you were at the start. To take whatever lessons you can from previous experiences and get better. The Magic are now officially 10-4 and four in clutch situations. They only have a plus 0.3 uh, net, net rating in clutch situations. About a, one, a 106.7, I think, offensive rating. Uh and, and 106.4 defensive rating. It's not like the Magic, you should trust them late in games. A lot of their clutch minutes are because they blow leads late and the game sneaks into clutch time uh, at the very end. But having said all that, they still win the games. And the way they handled this game particularly showed a lot more poise, confidence, composure, and control than they did in any game prior, in any game that they played before this one, that happened to go this way. And that's a credit to everyone staying calm. At several occasions, the team huddled up, made sure they were all on the same page, made sure they all knew what they were doing. And it's a credit to the growth of these two young players. Paolo and Franz have really came through in in the end for this team. They really delivered... And they made sure the Magic got this critically important win. Part of that story is the power of continuity then. We're going to reset and talk about things we've talked about the last two days because it is still the story. Goga Batadze back in the starting lineup. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Don't forget to check out the Locked On Podcast Network's 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's the first ever 24-7 streaming sports channel on YouTube. You can get great insight and information from all the local hosts like me, plus our national shows 
covering all the leagues around the country. It's a big weekend in the NFL. It's obviously a big weekend of college football as we head into the college football playoff. The NBA is still going strong. You got the NHL too. You can find it all on, on the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Check it out today. We got the news. It was roughly 20 minutes, 15 minutes before tip-off that Wendell Carter would be a late scratch with right knee tendonitis. Um, I think we could all know, see and feel that Carter was struggling. Um, you know, he, he he was he was not spry, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday. He did not play particularly well um, in his five games since coming back from injury. And that's not to say that this knee issue was something lingering or, or something, uh, something uh, or, or whether it was something new. You know, that Markel Fultz said when his first game that he missed was when it was when his knee issues first sprung up. I am skeptical of that, judging by the way he played. But regardless, the Magic just opted for caution. They pretty much probably knew the things that I was saying or, you know, knew what I was surmising and saying yesterday that, yes, if the Magic had a game to win tomorrow, Goga Batadze is the better option Wendell Carter. You're not helping Wendell Carter if he's not healthy. And so the Magic opted to sit him. We don't know how long he'll be out, but it gave Magic fans a lot of ammunition to continue this debate that everybody's having. Are the Magic better off with Goga Batadze? My answer is still no. And, and I know the on-off numbers suggest otherwise, but Batadze, I think, is still a very limited player. And, and while I think he does a lot to make up for it, there's still some holes that need to be filled, especially kind of chasing block shots, biting on pump fakes, just kind of an overall discipline. Like, he's blocking shots. I'm not going to deny him that. But um, Batadze, Batadze's playing really well. Um, but he doesn't give you a lot offensively, and, and I think he, he is susceptible on the defensive end, I think the Magic have been very careful not to overexpose him, uh, even when the Magic were rolling. Having said that, there is undoubtedly continuity with Goga Batadze right now. The Magic just work. And you could tell from the opening tip, and sure, I think the Magic were very motivated to come out and punch first in this game. They'd lost two games in a row at the Kia Center. They needed a win desperately. And I mean that. They needed a win desperately before they head out west on this road trip. They played with a lot of fire. And, and honestly, I think that... And honestly, I, I think that Batadze does have a little bit to do with that. He plays with tremendous energy. Wendell Carter is more of a, a solid drumbeat guy. Goga Batadze's jazz. He's a, he could be all over the place sometimes. But that's kind of the Magic's vibe and kind of what they need. You know, ultimately he scores 13 points, seven rebounds, four for eight shooting, five for eight from the foul line. He was really active. Three offensive rebounds, two block shots. He was really active. But here's, I think, the larger point. Something that, that Jamal Mosley has talked about is that Wendell Carter was still getting used to the group again. They spent a lot of time, 20 games, getting used to Goga Batadze and getting used to things that he does. I, I Honestly, I even said at one point, the Magic love running these pick and rolls for Batadze where he just rolls hard to the basket and they can lob it up to him. Honestly, Wendell Carter shouldn't be back in until he can do that. And we saw that Wednesday when he missed that lob that maybe he's not quite at that level yet. 
Um, because that's the just that's the basic offense they run for Batadze. Again, I don't want to throw shade on Batadze at all. Like he played really, really well. And more importantly, the Magic know how to use him effectively. The Magic know how to get him involved, how to how to use his screens, how to keep him involved. He knows his role within that group. And that starting group killed it. They played really well. They set the tone for the game. And even though New York came back in that first quarter, it was it wasn't over, but the Magic starting group just dominated the game, both first and third quarters, and then the end of the game, too. This group just knows how to play with them. And we keep talking about how one of the big strengths of this team is its continuity. Everyone understands each other really, really well. That's the truth of it. Everybody understands each other. And over the 20 games that Batadze started, the Magic and that starting group specifically really came to understand Goga Batadze. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that the Magic were plus 16 with Batadze on the floor because they know how to use him. They know how to use him effectively. And the Magic, as, a, as an organization, as a team, as Jamal Mosley, as a coach, knows how to sprinkle in the right amount of Goga Batadze. And again, he played 30 minutes, so it's not like he's, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm saying sprinkle in in the loose, loosest way possible. Continuity is important. And, you know, anytime you reintegrate a player who's been out for a long time, especially one that does kind of need the ball a little bit, does things just a little bit differently, it takes time. And so that's why I continue to preach patience with Wendell Carter. They needed time to figure it all out. Obviously, Carter, you know, wasn't maybe fully up to speed, wasn't fully ready to be back in the lineup, but it still needed time to develop. It took time to develop with Goga Batadze. Again, the Magic didn't, you know, we're two and two, we're four and four, or, or two and two, or two and three, or three and two after the uh after uh Wendell Carter's injury. They didn't just roll out of bed and start winning games. That nine-game win streak came a couple weeks later. They lost in Mexico City, remember? Um, so it, it was never something instantaneous. Uh, it was never going to be anything instantaneous. And so Carter needed time, but you can see the difference between where Carter was and where Batadze is. The magic no Batadze, they know him really well. That's that, that, that part isn't rusty for them. And that's what's working. That's what's working with that starting group is they just established a rhythm. And it's why you don't just tinker with lineups to tinker with lineups. Playing groups get comfortable with each other and that makes them more effective. And you obviously want them playing at their peak in April, in May, hopefully in June. That's that's what you develop over long periods of time. And when you change a lineup, it does take an adjustment. Especially if you're going to use it multiple games. Maybe you could surprise a team in one game, in a one-game outing like Philadelphia did on Wednesday. But over time, that familiarity is the, is the secret, is the trick. And that's what Batadze brought and changed about the Magic, in my opinion, on Friday night. Like, again, I, I, I'm a Wendell Carter backer. I think Wendell Carter's ultimately the better player for this team. But if I need to win a game tomorrow, you know, it's a single, if I have a single elimination tournament game tomorrow, I'm playing Goga Batadze over Wendell Carter because 
everybody understands his role. And very, very clearly, it was like riding a bike when he re-entered the starting lineup. We'll go over the final box score, talk a little bit about what we saw from the Magic throughout the game. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. All right, let's get to it as the Orlando Magic defeat the New York Knicks 117 to 108. Again, I, score is probably fair. Um, the Magic led by as much as 20. They really covered in that 16 to 12 point range for much of the second half. New York made a really nice run to cut in the lead. They got it down to, I think, as little as five in the fourth quarter. But again, Orlando hit some critical shots, some big shots down the stretch to keep them at bay. Um, I kind of was joking with, with Dan Savage uh, during a, during a timeout. I was like, you know, this is why we need the Elam ending. Uh, I've been saying 115 was probably going to be the number. Felt pretty confident if the Magic got the 115, they'd win the game. It's, uh, I, I will I'll advocate for the Elam ending. I think, I think we should go the Elam ending. I think it creates better basketball. That's either here or there. Um, let's talk about individual performances. Franz Wagner, 32 points, 11 for 19 shooting, 3 for 5 from deep, 7 for 7 from the foul line, 9 rebounds, 2 assisted, have 4 turnovers. Um, and a block as well, rare block for Franz Wagner. Um, look, you look over his last five games, forget the three-point shooting. The three-point shooting is starting to come around a little bit. He's shooting a little bit better. Um, but he's scoring, I think he scored more than 25 points in four of the last five games. Franz Wagner is making a real push right now. And he's getting to the basket at will. And, you know, maybe he's turning the ball over. He's getting stripped a little bit on some of his step-through moves, but... He is finding ways to put pressure on the rim and be a guy that gets downhill. Um, you know, all-star voting is ongoing right now. NBA, NBA app, nba.com slash vote, I believe is the, is the website. Paolo Bancaro is probably going to get the coach's vote and is probably going to be the guy that represents the Magic in at All-Star Weekend, and I don't have a problem with that. Franz Wagner is going to make a very serious push for the Magic to have two All-Stars, and it, it's not impossible. Uh, I, it needs to be said, it's not impossible to magic of two all-stars this year. Um, you know, again, they're, they're up there in the standings. They, they're, you know, they're fourth, they're tied for fourth right now with Miami in the standings. They're in a position to be, to be one of those teams. They're very much in a position where they were two all-stars is not crazy. And Vogger's putting up the numbers and had a great December. He is putting up the numbers that merit that consideration. Paolo Bancaro is not too shabby himself. 29 points, 9 for 19 shooting, 2 for 6 from 3, 9 for 12 from the foul line, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, um, added a block as well. Really, really active. Just did a great job going downhill. Felt really comfortable going at Julius Randle. Uh, I think he feels better going up against bigger players than smaller players. Um, but, you know, he was matchup hunting all night. The Magic did a really good job forcing switches and trying to take advantage of smaller players guarding him. The Knicks went small to end the game. And they, the Magic just set up Paolo and Franz for pick and rolls, got Paolo the ball near the block, let him try and drive, draw two to the ball because, you know, Jason you know Jason Hart can't guard, um, can't guard, or Josh Hart, sorry. Josh Hart can't guard Paolo Bancaro one-on-one. Um, you know, he'll do his best. You know, they, they, they hunted for Josh Hart. They hunted for uh, R.J. Barrett at times. They, they were trying to get Paolo the ball force that double team and then trust Paolo to make a, a good play, which he did on two very important occasions in that fourth quarter. Again, 
the Magic were down a lot of bodies. Um, you know, they played ten. They played ten guys. They only had uh, eleven in uniform. Wendell, Wendell Carter, I think, was is still in warmups, um, but obviously did not play. Um, they only had eleven guys. Hold on, one, two, three. Sorry, they only had ten guys in uniform. They played nine. There was definitely a sense that Franz and Paolo understood they needed to carry this team a little bit. And I haven't even talked about the three-point shooting. Neither team made threes. The Magic just kept their nose to the grindstone, kept getting downhill, kept making plays. And that put the Magic in this position where that put them in this position where they could do what they did. Um, and again, it was extremely impressive to see them play this way. It was extremely impressive to see uh, see them put together a game like this. Um, they carried this team throughout the whole game. They finished the game off to made the right plays at the right times on both ends of the floor. These guys are really good, and and they you know they 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 made sure the Magic did not lose this game. And you know it's been a while since the Magic had players that you know could have that kind of mindset. Um, you know and you know, uh, on my Instagram uh, uh, for you, I- I'm seeing that that Gilbert Arenas clip come come over. And look, we don't know what these guys will do in the playoffs, but Paolo and Franz sure look like guys that can make that happen, can can make things happen in the playoffs. And like we're sitting here in late December, and and we could see that. That's that's again a sign of growth and and where this team is headed. Jalen Suggs a really nice game: 21 points, eight for 15 shooting, two for seven from three, three for six from the foul line. A little disappointed there. Six assists as well. Did have three turnovers. I know he's disappointed in that. Turnovers remains a huge issue for this Magic team. Uh, but Suggs was really solid. Um, you know, a little aggressive. I think he even admitted that, you know, he made some mistakes and, you know, was a little too loose uh, early on in the game. He got some foul trouble. We'll talk about Anthony Black here in a minute. Um, but I loved how Suggs played overall uh, offensively. Was aggressive, but not overly aggressive. Uh, you know, again, he runs into some bad habits here and there, but he made a lot of really big plays, made a lot of really big shots, you know, continued to put the pressure on. You know, he was in foul trouble early. That put Anthony Black on Jalen Brunson. He owned his matchup still. None, he owned his matchup nonetheless. He couldn't be as aggressive. He couldn't guard the guy with the ball as much because of the foul trouble, but he owned his matchup. And and so I, I love this game and the sacrifice that he made and how he stayed engaged and stayed in the game despite some of the mistakes that he made. Let's talk about Anthony Black. Anthony Black, only four points, two for two shooting, six rebounds, five assists, two steals. He did a job on Jalen Brunson. And look, stopping Jalen Brunson is a team sport. It's a team task. The Magic were bringing over extra help to deter Brunson from going to the lane. It looked a little bit like the defense the Magic sometimes sees, but Anthony Black was all over Jalen Brunson all game long. Forced him into tough shots. Didn't let him get in the paint for the most part. Just this kid, 19-year-old rookie, defending an all-star player that well. You know, Jalen Brunson still ended up with 20 points, but four for 12 shoot, four for 15 shooting, missed all four of his threes, did get to the line for 12 free throws, 12 for 12 from the line, seven rebounds, eight assists. So it wasn't like Jalen Brunson was invisible, but anytime Jalen Brunson tried to attack, Anthony Black was there. And, and that is just frankly so impressive. Um, just a a really impressive game from the rookie. We've seen a lot of these great defensive efforts from him, but if you're wondering why Anthony Black is ultimately playing, even if he's not super involved in the offense, it's because he is a lockdown defender. 
the Magic literally have three defensive player of the year, you know, talent players. Um, I'll go ahead and say it. I think Anthony Black can be a defensive player of the year candidate in, in the future. Certainly an all-defensive team candidate. The Magic, or not this year, but, but in the future, the Magic have three of those guys on the roster between Suggs, Black, and Isaac. And, and obviously that is the heart of what the Magic are trying to build right now. Like I said, Goga Batadze, 13 points, score for eight shooting, really solid game from him, added uh, t- uh, seven rebounds as well, including three offensive rebounds. Not a lot coming off the bench. Cole Anthony, nine points on three for eight shooting, got that fresh haircut, uh, five assists for him. Now, Gold does a really good job just getting in the mid-range, hitting those those flip shots and floater shots over, over the defense, creating some space. He really misses Joe Ingles as much as anyone. That whole bench group misses Joe Ingles because Joe Ingles, you know, Cole Anthony is a scorer. They need a connector. They need a Joe Ingles that just organizes everyone, knows who, where to get the ball, can run that pick and roll with Mo Wagner really, really well. Um, they they miss Joe Ingles a lot, and, and I think Cole's scoring will bump back up once Ingles returns. Same thing with Mo Wagner, seven points, two for eight shooting, just a real struggle. He did have 11 rebounds, a real struggle for him. And Caleb Houston, Shumo KK, both getting their opportunities, combined one for 10 shooting, 0 for 9 from three, just two points from the two of them. The Magic are able to survive, even though they, their, their bench doesn't really come through for them um, as they get the win. Now, the shooting numbers are not going to be pretty. Magic end up shooting 40 for 89. That's 44.9%. They shoot 7 for 33 from 3. So that's another sub-30% three-point shooting night, 21.2%. The Knicks shoot 6 for 30 from 3. So the two teams combined to shoot 13 for 63 on three-pointers. That percentage is not good. I don't. I'm not going to math for you right now. It's not good. It's sub third. It's close to 20. It's it's closer to 20 than it is to 30. percent I I think part of what the Magic have seen over the last couple weeks is a little bit of bad three point luck. The Miami Heat hit a you know our great three point shooting team. They hit a ton of threes to get that 17 to one. The Cavs got hot. The Nets got hot. Um, I think the Magic have indeed seen some bad three-point shooting luck. They've had some bad three-point shooting luck on their own. They're a bad shooting team anyway. That only makes things feel worse. That luck spun the right way. So, you know, when the Magic play the Knicks in a couple weeks in, in Madison Square Garden, I'm expecting the Knicks to shoot a lot better. Um, and so, you know, well, we'll have a very different game. I do think that the Knicks, they're a low-volume three-point shooting team. It's not the end-all, be-all for them, but they do shoot a high percentage, and they missed a lot of shots, again, like, you know, Emmanuel quickly was three for seven. No one else hit more than one three on the team. Um, you know, again, Dante DiVincenzo and Jalen Brunson, two very good three-point juniors, were combined 0 for 9. That's not going to happen very often. Uh, and so, you know, you play the game as it's played. Uh, I think the Knicks even said, you know, they're going to have games where you miss shots, but we still had our chances to win and we didn't take them. Um, that's how the magic play, you know, the magic understand we're not going to hit shots a lot, but we can still give ourselves a chance to win games and execute at the end of games. Like they did here. Of course, this is where you get, you go to the makeup points. How do the magic make up, make up their three pointers. They get to the foul line. Orlando shot 30 for 40 from the free throw line. Still probably too many missed free throws, including some late in the game, but getting the line 40 times is really good. Um, they did give up 29 free throws, so that's still a weakness for the Magic. They do have to prevent giving up foul shots. They have to defend without fouling, which they struggled with, especially in that fourth quarter toward the end of the game. The Magic got 58 points in the paint. That's really good for them. If the Magic are hovering around 60 points in the paint, they're going to give themselves a chance to win. Having said that, New York also scored 58 points in the paint. A lot of that coming very late in the game. Let me let me see if I can figure out, if I can pull through here and get the, the numbers here. 
Uh, they had 32 points in the paint in the second half. Um, and get my fourth quarter box score out here. And they had 20 points in the paint in the fourth quarter. So again, 20 of your 58 are coming in the fourth quarter. This is a big factor for the Knicks getting back and staying in the game as they finally found a way to get through to the man, to the, to the defense. Now, New York did a good job. Magic did a good job forcing turnovers, 16 turnovers for 12 Orlando points. They didn't score off those turnovers. Um, Orlando turned the ball over a little bit too much, 15 turnovers. They had seven in the second quarter when they pulled away. So the lead could have been a lot bigger if the Magic had done a better job protecting the ball. Um, that continues to be a little bit of a problem as well. But again, three-point luck. Say what you want about it. The Magic played some really good defense. They got star performances from their two young guys. They delivered and got a, a much-needed and important win as they get ready to head out west to face the Phoenix Suns. They'll do that on Sunday to start this four-game West Coast swing. Once again, the Orlando Magic defeat the New York Knicks 117-108. to 108, First win at the Kia Center. And the Magic are back in action again Sunday to start a four-game West Coast road trip in Phoenix against the Phoenix Suns. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. We'll be done well before the New Year's, before New Year's, New Year's drops. I'll be working on my articles. I'll have a fresh episode for you January 1st, 2024 to get you re- to, to, to recap that game. So you have that to look forward to as well. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. If you're tuning in, you can Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all Focus on Podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Related on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, you can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. And don't forget to check out my Patreon page, the Orlando Magic Hub, at patreon.com slash Hub. I want to thank you once again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. This is likely our last episode of 2023. So please have a very happy and safe new year. Hopefully we'll be celebrating after a magic win. Let's end 2023 right. Get ready for 2024 the right way as well. Have a very happy new year. Have a great holiday weekend. We will see you back here again Sunday night, Monday morning to talk about the Magic's game against the Phoenix Suns. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.